Hello everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howe. And this is the Torpat Chance Show. We're going to talk all things movies, television, streaming, news, all that stuff. And welcome back to another installment of our Wilder Direct Timber, where we're looking at the works of director Billy Wilder. The one we're looking at today is, again, another one. I mean, there's so many movies of his that are considered to be his best. This is another one of those we're looking at, 1950s Sunset Boulevard. Before we get into that, though, we got to yeah, get into our regular segments, first of which is the wonderful world of sports. Although we're recording this on a Sunday, so for Russell right now, this will be, uh, well, it's not so wonderful. Not wonderful at all. But... We do have to talk Your about. Thursday it. wasn't wonderful either. Let's call it what it is. My Thursday I mean, wasn't wonderful <laughs> either. But you know, we're going to, we're going to talk about other things that aren't, that aren't football because there have been some really good goings on throughout the world of sports in general. Uh, first, we just got to talk about some baseball stories. Uh, first thing we're going to be talking about is uh, we got to give a uh, big props to one man in particular, Mr. Albert Pujols, uh, who has become, I think, like the fourth player in history to hit 700 fourth, home yeah. runs. It's it's because it's him, Aaron Bonds, and then Bonds and him. and and, uh, and uh, Ruth and Ruth. Last night, yeah, I, I forgot to say Ruth for some reason, but yeah, no. uh, he's now the fourth player in history to hit 700 home runs in his career. Uh, well deserved. I mean, this dude has been a ball. This dude was one of the guys who was like vital in revitalizing and repopularizing baseball. Yeah, I mean, he's been Mr. Consistent. Um, you know, it's 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 been really great to see him have a really great last year to where he could actually put himself over the seven, not only to get to seven hundred, but then go ahead and maybe put himself a couple over too. So yeah, he's he's put together quite a last year. Yeah, he was uh, two runs away in one game. Uh, it was against the Dodgers, and yeah. he, he he hit two home runs that game, which was fucking incredible. Good yeah, and they get standing ovation and everything. And then uh, I believe the Dodgers gave him and uh, the catcher. Who's also leaving? Yeah. Melina, yeah, right? Melina. Gave them uh, golf golf bags, which was nice for, the, for their retirement. Yeah, which is a nice gesture. Uh, also in the world of baseball, we have uh, my man, Mr. Aaron Judge, the only man keeping me, man single handedly keeping me alive this baseball season. <laughs> uh, going for the. What some would say is the all-time single-season record. What some would say, some would say is not. But, point, but regardless, it is, it is an American League single-season record of 61 home runs. Uh, as of recording this, he is one away from, from hitting Roger Maris's record and two away from breaking that record entirely. So let me just pull up the schedule here real quick. I think it's Boston. He's got against Boston now. Serious. Or no, they they were in Boston. They're going to Toronto. Yeah, the the Boston series. So they hit, he has four games to hit two home runs. Do you, do you think he's going to hit end up hitting end up breaking the record? Oh, man, now you're talking to somebody who doesn't like the Yankees. So I'm like, oh god. But I, I don't know. I, I mean, it just depends if they pitch to him. I mean, you got to look at the statistics, which are really mind blowing for how much intentional walks that uh, Bonds had when he hit 70. I think 70. What was it? 71. Uh, 70. 70. 71. Yeah. How many? What was it? What was Wait, his? I'm sorry. Oh, Bonds. Bonds. Was it set? Was no, it seventy or seventy-one? No, Bonds is seventy-three. Or seventy-three. You got to look that year. How many intentional walks? He really hasn't been walked. They've really pitched to him. Yeah, um, yeah. which is really surprising. Yeah, which is yeah. It, it, no, it, it is shocking, but uh, I, I mean, mean, he's not he's not it, seventy-three, but like I think 60, 61 is actually like a really. That's oh no, it's very reachable for four games. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, and yeah, I, I love Aaron, I love Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, please don't leave. But he's. Uh, he's he's very close. I sincerely hope he does it. 
in the in the other world of baseball, uh, the Guardians clinched oh, yeah, their the uh, division the today. Division. Youngest yeah. te- youngest team in baseball. Congratulations! So, Congratulations! Really, really excited about that. Um, well, well, I'm just on, glad does, we're getting playoff baseball. So, like, by youngest team, because like the the, re- the rebrand essentially counts as like you being a new team, right? No, youngest team has an age too. Are you the are you the youngest team period in baseball? I, I'm pretty sure. Really? I'm I'm pretty sure they're really. They had um, man. They said they had a bunch of rookies on their team this year, and I, I was reading something. Um, yeah, you might want to check that. I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm pretty. They got to be pretty damn close. Let me see. And uh, bottom of the payroll barrel, I'm sure too. I mean, there's there's always Oakland. They're pretty. There is, there too. There's Oakland or Pittsburgh, but I'm sure they're right down there. Interesting. All right. Uh, bouncing over to the world of basketball for a second, we actually got a big piece of news coming out of Boston. Oh, yeah. uh, news broke on September 22nd that uh, head coach, Ime Udoka, a uh, guy who in his first year as head coach uh, took the Boston Celtics to the NBA Finals. Uh, it, it came out that uh, he violated team policy and he was having an uh, inter-office relationship with a co-worker. Can they, we just say that... His okay. wife, Nia Long's pretty attractive. I mean, Nia, Nia Long's a fucking knockout. Throw that out there. Nia Long's a fucking so, knockout, yeah. Actress Nia Long is his wife. Well, I, I, had to do, I had to do a little digging because I was kind of curious. I'm like, is the dude married? And it said Nia Long. I'm like, oh, my God, soul food's Nia Long. I'm like, holy shit, she's gorgeous. Um, yeah, so this was just completely mind-blowing. Crazy. Yeah, uh, it was initially thought to be consensual, but then like a little woman later accused uh, Doka of making unwanted comments towards her. Point oh, is, boy. I mean, like, again, there's, there's a lot of he's achieved. The point is, this ended, this resulted in him being suspended for the entirety of the 2022-2023 season, which is huge. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a huge loss for the Boston Celtics, considering this is a team, they're young, they're emerging. Like I said, they had just made the finals earlier, uh, yeah. earlier in the year, and they were looking to kind of, you know, build that success and dupl- kind of duplicate that effort. I feel like this is a big blow to their final aspirations this year. Yeah, because this could go one of two ways. This could go if somebody comes in and, and you know steps in for him. What if he wins a championship with them? Hypothetically, just saying, you know what I mean? Does that mean we push you know push him out? Like I don't yeah. know. Like uh, who knows what's going to happen with this? And that's the thing. He's, he's still under contract, so like he can't, he can't like go find a job somewhere else. So no. like he's basically just like stuck like having to do nothing for the entirety of the year, and getting paid for it probably too. And probably getting paid for it too. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, he's, he's getting paid the first year rape, like. I guarantee you his rate would have gone up. Oh, yeah. He's losing money out of this. No, he's definitely I mean, losing but money. But he's still... Yeah. Yeah. It's just a thing where, like, I am... If I'm a Celtics fan, I'm, dis- I'm disappointed, not both in his behavior and also because, I mean, this is a team that was looking to kind of, you know, go go places in the future. And That's a big, that's a big franchise. To, yeah. And that's... I mean, that's that's a big, long le- legacy of a franchise. Too. Really you don't want to... You know, you don't want to have a, a tarnishment like that on there. No, 100%. 100% so... Uh, Celtics fans, good luck. You're gonna need it. Uh, looking over at some at some football, we're not. I mean, we're not gonna go over every single game. This is, this is the thing about predictions. Look, because because of how we've been shooting recently, it's difficult. We've been so, out, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, one of us, one of us has been out. I've, I've I've been right here. I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> I think, but regardless, like I was telling you, I think our picks would have been completely skewed, our picks, screwed our picks this weekend. Been, our picks have been shit this week. <laughs> this weekend for sure, absolutely. I, mean, I, I, did, I, did not, I did not have the Colts beating the beating the Chiefs. I'll tell you that much. You mean Matty Ice's Indianapolis Colts? Yes, the Matty Ice Indianapolis Colts. Jim Harbaugh's old old uh, employer, the Indianapolis Colts, right? 
I forgot. I forgot he worked for the Colts. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I I didn't expect the team to beat. That couldn't beat the Texans or the Jaguars to beat to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And kudos to my wife's team, man. They're uh, well, they're fucking locked and loaded, man. Yeah, I mean, they are. They're they're crushing it right now. I'm excited. To, I'm excited <laughs> and scared because I know Pittsburgh plays them later in the year. But look at the three teams that you beat. You beat the Bills. You beat the Patriots. You beat the Ravens. Those are all playoff teams. Well, two of them are playoff teams. Two. Well, do you know what I mean? I mean, you're playing a great coach with a like so-so roster, and then two other like playoff heavyweights. So, I mean, it, it's still impressive. Still impressive. Not taking anything with anything with the Dolphins. Eagles, on the other hand, holy fuck, they are looking fantastic this year. Yeah, I'm still not sold, but I, I've seen what they've done. Yeah, I mean, they, they just I don't I don't think they've really been challenged yet. They really haven't played anybody yet. You they, know? Play, they played the Vikings. What are you talking about? Vikings, fuck the Vikings. I mean, look, like when you can hold Justin Jefferson, one of the best receivers in the league, to like two catches, that's something. I get it. I'm sorry, six six, six catches for like under fifty yards. That's not sold. I'm not sold. I'm bitter. I'm not sold though. I mean, you're 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 bitter because Jimmy G gave the game away, like he always does. Yeah, but you know, I've seen him. I've seen the opposite side of the script though, where he's he's come back and he's won games for us. I mean, this this was a. I really felt like when going into this and I saw the matchup, I'm like, ah, they're going to hype this up with Russell Wilson hasn't been performing well in Denver, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, it was a good defensive struggle. I mean, it was a defensive grudge, you know, grudge match. Um, us losing um, Trent Williams late in the game really didn't help. Yeah. Um, especially because he blocks the shit out of, you know, uh, for uh, Jimmy. But uh, they just, yeah, they just played like shit. Yeah. Uh- I was, I was checking your schedule. I was checking your schedule to see if you play the Packers this year. You don't. So, I mean, what's that? I was checking to see if you guys play the Packers this year. Uh, you don't. So there's one win out the window. <laughs> yeah, we've uh, we've been pretty decent. Uh, we play the Rams. I think if we can, um, and we play at home, so I think we win that game. We're right back. I mean, we're right there again. Right, well, let, 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 <laughs> in the front of the West. Let's 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 speed around these next uh, couple predictions. So, uh, Dolphins, Bengals. What do you, who do you got? The way the Dolphins are playing, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with them. I'm, uh, I'm also going Dolphins. Yeah, I mean they just been playing really well. Uh, Cincinnati just really hasn't found consistency. Yeah, they won today, but they play the Jets. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Miami. Uh, Jets Steelers. I mean, you know where I'm going. I yeah, don't... I'm not gonna pull the upset like I did with New England. By the way, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> and I would have called. And I would have called Cleveland. I would have called Cleveland. Sure but but um, I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh on this one. The Jets are just atrocious. Uh, Vikings Saints London London Bowl or one of Vikings. one of this year. Vikings Saints look like flat. Yeah, I mean, if the Saints can limit the mistakes, then I would go Saints. But I'm leaning slightly towards Vikings. Just the way they played today, the Saints look like shit today. Um, isn't, flat. Isn't like, but here's the thing: like, like offensively, they played better than the Panthers. They just they had they had they had too many turnovers. I mean, Car- I get it, but I mean, Carolina never turned the ball over. Yeah, I, it just I don't know. I, I I'm just gonna go. Minnesota's more. They're better on defense. Um, I'm gonna give. I'll give the edge to uh, Minnesota for sure. Uh, Browns versus Falcons. Cleveland. Yeah, I'm going Cleveland as well. Uh, Commies versus the Cowboys. This is before Monday night. We do not know how uh, Monday's game. Well, today's game is as publishing. How today's game is going to go with the Giants? I actually have the Giants winning 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 today. Uh, who, who's the Who's the game today? Today. Uh, well, today. Giants. Yeah, playing the Giants, and then after that, they have the Commies. All right, so I'm going to go with the Giants beating – the G-Men beating the uh, Cowboys. 
And then I'll go ahead and stack it. I'm going to double stack it with a commie that win over the uh, Cowboys as well because I hate Dallas. So um, here's the thing: I think that I think the, the what I learned today watching them versus the Eagles is the, is the commie's offensive line is awful. Like Carson Wentz got sacked nine times against need, the Eagles. Put yourself some Heineke back in there, man. Yeah, maybe it's time to revive the Heineke dynasty. Dude, uh, that was fun. That was a fun. That was a fun. Little spurt of games. Uh, yeah, Taylor, 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 Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is injured. Yes. All right, Taylor Heineke. Let's do this. Uh, the era of Heineke, and drink a Heineken while watching them. Uh, Seahawks versus. Oh, okay, well, I forgot to say. Uh, I'm leaning towards. I much I don't want to. I'm leaning towards Dallas. Uh, Seahawks versus the Lions. I'm going to uh, Detroit. Yeah, it's a no brainer. Detroit. Uh, They've been putting points up, man. They've been putting the points up. They've been look so much better offensively. Um, yeah, Dan Campbell's really got that team turned around. Even like, just look at the points they've scored this year. Yeah, they, they've they've looked they, this is like they've looked better than they have in quite some time. So I'm also leaning Detroit. Uh, Titans versus Colts. This is actually uh, interesting match for a lot of reasons. One, this is teams <laughs> that are kind of you know trying to get their win back. Two, they're trying yeah. to keep ground in the AFC South. Beer. For a team uh, division that Jacksonville is currently leading, yeah, garbage. But uh, <laughs> it's a fluke. But uh, they are two and one. They are in first. So. They are two and one, and they have a better and they, has, and they, they have a better the, record than our team. So. And, they beat, and they beat the Chargers pretty convincingly. So, and more wins than uh, as many wins as you and I put together. So, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, King Henry and the Titans. I think they're gonna get back on track here. I think uh, I'm also well. It's tough because, I mean, the the Colts defense was able to shut down Mahomes and his offense, and that's without and that's without uh, Shaquille Leonard playing. So yeah. I am slightly leaning towards Indiana. Okay, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if, if the Titan, if the Titans won because they usually they usually play Indy pretty close. Uh, Bears versus Giants again. We are recording that we are recording this pre uh, the Monday night game. Uh, I f- like I said I think I think the Giants win today. I also think they're going to beat the Bears. So they're going to be this an undefeated team, NFC team. This fucking team is, is what we're going, this, dude, this fucking team is going to go four and zero. What? We're going four and zero, G man. So, oh I'm man, sure. somebody's going to win in New York, right? Somebody. Um, yeah, I guess. Oh man, the Bears—they're playing Meadowlands. I'm going to go. I'll go with the G man too. Why not? Uh, Jaguars versus Eagles. I think I think the Eagles got this pretty handily. Yeah, Eagles. The Jaguars. Now this game is going to be interesting. Bills versus Ravens. I think I think the key I think the key to beating Buffalo is, is make the offense Josh Allen centric because he can't do it because he cannot carry this as good as he is he cannot carry this team by himself. Well, what the thing the thing we learned today is that he, as good as Josh Allen is, and he is a great quarterback, he cannot carry this team by himself. Yeah, I, th- I think Lamar Jackson's been on, on another level this season, so I think this is going to be a really great matchup, uh, and I'm leaning towards Baltimore as well. Uh, Chargers versus Texans. God, they better they better rebound <laughs> rebound or else, oh, people are going to be pissed. I'm also leaning towards uh, Los Angeles. Uh, Cardinals versus Panthers. Uh, 
I mean, the Panthers are a team that, like, for some reason, the Cardinals just have a tough time beating. I don't understand it, but it's, just, it's a thing that just happens. Uh, I'm also leaning towards Arizona, but yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it's going to be as I don't think it's going to be like a blowout or, or anything. Uh, Patriots versus Packers without Mac Jones. I think I think this is this is going to be a slaughter. One of. Hey, don't, hey, don't, don't, don't get mad because they got a better, they, they got a better quarterback with the number twelve. Uh, and, you, and you know how you know how he wouldn't have been that position if Tom Brady didn't wait fifty nine minutes to score a single touchdown. That's how you, that's how you avoid that. Uh, Broncos versus Raiders. Uh, the team that's 2-1-1 versus the team that's 0-3. Remember when we thought this division was going to be like the best in football this year? I mean, this is, I mean, this, this is going to be a lot of like, this is going to be like a big frustration game for Denver because, you know, they are playing their old head coach and Josh McDaniels, so I am taking Denver in this one as well. Uh, let's see. Next up, we got uh, oh, prime time Chiefs versus Bucks. Uh, I, I I know where you're going, but if Tom Brady keeps playing the way he's playing, no, they're not they're not going to win. They're not going to win this game. I'm going Chiefs. Tom Tom just is he is just so uninvested right now. Like, he does not want to be there. Uh, and finally, Monday night, we got the Rams versus, versus your boys, the 49ers. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. If uh, Jimmy G puts, puts up numbers like he did tonight, then I got the Rams winning by a lot. But I'm still taking the Rams. Interception? There was two interceptions there. Or am I? Or am I? Uh, no, there's. Or am I? Or am I, yeah, I think. I'm pretty sure they have one pick. Do you have sure. one pick? Let me, okay. let me double check. Because I'm thinking like I'm getting muddled. That's not, that's not the right game. Here we go. Let's see. Jimmy G. Yeah, one pick for the night. He only had one. Okay, so that was that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I think that uh, if we can get the offensive back, um, it just depends on the health of Trent Williams. Uh, that's uh, that's going to be a, a really oh, – yeah. hopefully that was just an out-for-the-rest-of-the-game type injury. Um, 
I like what they're doing with you know Ayuk and, and you know Debo still making plays. I think Kittle needs to get more involved. I think I just I wish there's just so much going on. But I think if Jimmy G can have a decent like before the interception though he had decent stats. I think he was like uh, what was it like probably like 15, 16 of like twenty four. I mean like two thirds of his passes. Yeah. I mean he still did. He just had a touchdown at that time. But I mean it is what it is. I uh, I'm gonna go with my team though. Gonna die on a sword. Yeah, I'm leaning. I'm leaning Rams, but again, this is a team that for some reason the Rams just have trouble beating. So I'm not gonna be shocked if they lose. But it's a Monday night game too, huh? It is. Oh, that's crazy. I wish, like I said, I'm gonna be in Cali for that. But like, ah, oh, just sucks. It's like five hours away from where we're staying. Yeah, Santa Clara. Uh, so yeah, that's gonna do it for the wonderful of the sports. Now move on to trailer talk. Got a couple things to talk about today. Uh, some of the things came out for uh, the Netflix kind of showcase day. Basically, basically, basically all we're talking about is just like Netflix stuff. Uh, first thing, but uh, we do have one that's outside of Netflix. We have a first trailer for Knock at the Cabin. So Knock at the Cabin is the latest film from director, writer, M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, this uh, basically is about a, a family of three who's taken hostage by four strangers who demand they make the ultimate sacrifice to prevent the apocalypse. Uh, the cast includes Dave Bautista, Jonathan Groff, Rupert Grint, uh, among others, uh, interesting about this one is the fact that I didn't I didn't realize that. Uh, well, I mean, first of all, this is based on prior not only is it based on prior source material, but uh, this is also Shaman did not write this by himself, which is the thing which I think like he never does. Like throughout yeah. his entire career, he's only ever written like one other script with with another person. This is yeah, a little little odd for him. Yeah. So, but uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Knock at the Cabin? Curious enough, I, I mean, I, I've always, I, I'm, I'm an M Night guy. Um, I mean, there, he has misses. We've talked about it before in the he past. He has plenty. But, uh, he has plenty of misses. But um, this oh, one I looks think. good. I like Dave Bautista being as, you know, into the whole M Night Shyamalan something world. I, did, I think that's kind of cool. I didn't realize until watching this trailer is that I didn't realize how much Bautista looks like a yoked Bob Hoskins. Yeah, and yeah, and it's nice to see him. Like they didn't like, you know, uh, you see his like all of his tattoos and stuff like that. And, yeah. Yeah, he's a pretty pretty big guy, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it though. I, I think that uh, you know hopefully M Night can get back. Nope was like okay, it wasn't the great. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I don't think same thing with you. I'm sure. <laughs> I don't, I, I, are you talking about Nope or old? Because like M Night Shyamalan had nothing to do with Nope. Oh, not Nope. I'm thinking of old. Jesus old, Christ, yes, one no. word. Oh, Nope is just forget that. Disregard old. I meant sorry. I I, I, I didn't I didn't care much for old either. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 as we're talking, Nope. Like, uh, I thought Nope was going to be better too. I like Nope. It was okay, but I did not the, not the best of, of appeal though. No, not not his best work, but I do think it was I think I think it was good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the one word movies that are going to give me a hard time today, I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I mean, I just I want to see if he can land something again because it's been it's been so long. It's been since what science? Split. I'm not giving them signs. I'll give them split. I like split. You don't like signs? What? No. No. Um, and I do like the visit. I know that wasn't. A I do like, right? like no. the visit. I did like the visit too. And was that was that directed by him? It was. Yeah. Okay. I because I I, I I didn't know if it was one of those ones where you know it says all produced by or written by. Yeah, no, you that know what was I mean? uh, that was the first thing he did after after Earth. After that after was Earth. That's that right. was the thing that like kind of like brought him back into like oh okay you know what you you still you still got talent so let's see what you got yeah. let's see what you got bro. Yeah, the visit I enjoyed. 
Uh, and yeah, but uh, Knock at the Cabin is set for release uh, on February 3rd, 2023. Uh, yeah, the rest of thing we're going to be talking about is like all Netflix stuff. Next thing we're going to be talking about is for uh, Bardo. So Bardo, or uh, Bardo, False Chronicle of, Han- of a Handful of Truths, is the latest film from director Alejandro Gonzalez in Uh This one is going for Netflix, which I think is ironic, considering that this is he's someone who kind of like prides himself on the uh, theatrical experience and being his own person. Yeah, being his own person. Like it just it's just him working for Netflix is a is a bit of a, a bit of a weird transition. But hey, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to knock him for it. I mean. I mean, his kind of partner did with Quran. So, I, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, like the thing, I, I figure like you look at like who's worked for Netflix. You know, like yeah, like his, his homies, Quran, Del Toro, uh, Scorsese, uh, working with, working with Netflix. So, I feel like it's not seen as kind of like the demotion that, or kind of like it's not seen as an insult for a renowned filmmaker to make a Netflix movie anymore. So, I, I think that's good for kind of like the stigma of that. Um, but basically, it's about a renowned Mexican journalist and documentary filmmaker who returns home and works through his existential crisis as he grapples with his identity, family, familiar relationships, and the folly of old memories. Uh, it premiered at uh, Venice. Uh, premiered to some mixed reception. But uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Bardo? Um, interesting to say the least. And then I uh, happened to look it up, and the runtime's almost three hours. Yeah. Uh, that's the other thing. I'm like, uh, well, that was just, we get, that, that was yeah. just the Venice cut. It might it might be shorter for Netflix. Oh, okay. Potent, well, potentially, I, I I highly doubt it is, but it, it, that's all a possibility. Definitely, uh, it was like almost like a uh, kind of like vibes of like not like I, I want to say across the universe, like but not not like that. I think it's probably because they played the Beatles. Maybe that's why. I don't know, but uh, yeah. definitely like a musical esque vibe. No, that's um, fair. With with like mod like political like you know, references and stuff like that. I don't know. It just, it, it looks like a hodgepodge of different things. It, you put it in a blender and shake it up and that's where we're at. A little bit, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it started the guy from Kronos. That's kind of interesting. Uh, one of the guys from Kronos. But, uh, yeah, uh, this is set for a release on uh, Netflix sometime in October. I believe October 27th. Well, that's what I got to prepare in Mexico. Probably be on Netflix like not too long after that. Uh, Last thing I want to talk about today is the trailer for They Clone Tyrone. So this is an upcoming sci-fi comedy mystery. As, as, a, series of eerie, as a series of eerie events uh, thrust, into an unli- thrust onto an unlikely trio. Uh, and, you know, there, there's this whole government conspiracy and this like, pulp mystery caper. Uh, it, this movie just looks, just from, just from the look of it, it just looks insane. Yeah, it looks it, it is funny too. I love the uh, beginning of it where they're yeah. they're kind of just singing play, playfully in the uh, elevator, just having fun, and then it, yeah, it, it's, it looks like it's going to be a fun film. Yeah, it stars uh, John Boyega, Tiana Paris, and Jamie Foxx, as well as Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think this looks really interesting. I mean, I like John Boyega as an actor a lot. Actually, I've I seen him like in, t- in two films this year between uh, Breaking and The Woman King. He's someone speaking who's, of what, speaking of which, with The Woman King, I didn't really realize until like. I was looking it up that like halfway through the film that it was him. I honestly didn't. You didn't, you didn't like, recognize him? No, not. I think just because of the way he he was speaking in the film, um, and I just wasn't like it was just different from yeah. how you really see him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it, it was just one of those. But um, yeah, he's he's really having a busy year this year. No, he, yeah, he really is. Although I think this one comes. Oh no, this doesn't come out this year. I, I, I yeah. next year. Yeah, it comes out December thirtieth, twenty twenty two. But yeah, I mean, I I like that he's. 
you try you know try and take all these like new interesting projects and you know, even if they don't necessarily work. I mean, I, I like that he's you know trying to grow himself as an actor. I, I think I think he's a phenomenal actor. So yeah, I'm excited to see his uh, career growth. And yeah, so this is released on December 30th, 2022. Uh, that's gonna do it for notorious. That's gonna do it for trailer talking about move on to notorious news. But first thing we gotta talk about we gotta talk about the the week in physical media. Uh, so some things coming out in physical media this uh, this week include uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. That's at Blu-ray. Uh, Sound of Metal. That's coming out on Criterion, which is going to be which is going to be pretty fun. Uh, I'm, I'm, I love Criterion. They do some great releases. So I'm excited to see what's included with this one. And you got uh, a movie that's premiering on DVD as well as Netflix. Uh, Rob Zombie's The Monsters. So we can't really talk about The Monsters because oh we, we, <laughs> we have not seen it yet, even though we're both big uh, in the can zombie fans. So we'll definitely be checking that out at some point. Uh, but we have seen, presumably, uh, did, you, did you see Sound of Metal? I have, yeah. Okay, so yeah, uh, Thor Love and Thunder. You know, uh, this movie that came out, uh, came out uh, got pretty, let's call it mixed reception. I mean, wasn't it wasn't as positively reviewed as Thor Love and Thunder. I was, I was late to the game on it, I will admit. Uh, but I saw it, and you know what? I actually ended up, I actually ended up enjoying it. I thought, I thought, I thought it was funny. I had a good time. I, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I don't think it's as good as Ragnarok, but you know what? Just for like a fun space adventure, yeah, I, I dug it. No, I, I dug it too. Um, a lot of people really hated on it. I got really like uh, very mixed, more mixed than obviously Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely yeah. Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok got like pretty good acclaim. Oh, well, it's, it's hard to top that. I mean, it's hard to even come close when you when you hit. It, you know what I mean? When you land on a moon, it's hard to land on a moon twice. Uh, it's it's. But I mean, Thor: Love and Thunder was fun. I liked Christian Bale in the movie. He was great. Um, really great to see Natalie Portman back. And um, yeah, I mean, I liked it. And I I even put it out there. I even thought I I enjoyed it more than I did the Doctor Strange, really? the second Doctor really? Strange. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I know. Interesting. Crazy, crazy. I know. But uh, I I did. I did. I did dig it. But yeah, sound of, sound of metal is another one I want to talk about because that's one we've both seen. Um, yeah, that was part of that was a, was a big hit in 2020. Got nominations for best picture, best supporting actor, best actor, uh, among so many other things. That I think this movie, I only seen it the one time, but I am really, really enjoying it when I saw it. Oh, you are you are right, Coda. That's the guy from the guy that was the teacher at the house. Uh, was that, is, that what, is that what you were saying? No, 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 no. Uh, the so he wasn't in Coda. He is deaf, but he wasn't in Coda. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying something about Coda. Never mind. No, no, no. But uh, the guy, uh, the teacher, the uh, Paul Racy. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. He was not in her best supporting actor uh, for 2020. Oh, for yeah, yeah. No, I I enjoyed this. I thought Riz Ahmed was fantastic in the film. Uh, good supporting cast. Um, yeah, this was the uh, the year that never was. Apparently, you know the the the, the COVID nineteen year, man. <laughs> the COVID, but, um, yeah, COVID nineteen. Twenty twenty didn't happen. No, 2020 was the year of Tiger King and all sorts of fun <laughs> things. So we'll go back and just laugh about, it, you know, we'll be like, yeah, yeah oh yeah, we, we, that did happen during COVID. Yeah, that time we were stuck inside for like for like a yeah. year. Remember when we were excited that uh, what um, Unhinged was the first the was the first theatrical <laughs> release back to the theaters? Do you remember that? It's you like, know? It was like Unhinged, New Mutant, yeah. Tenant. Like that's, yeah, yeah, that was it. <laughs> Yeah, we had to watch Scoob on demand. Yeah, yeah, we we were there for that. But uh, yeah, no, uh, Sound of Metal is fantastic. Like what you said, um, I love Criterion, but damn it, there's always so much money you got to wait till they go on sale uh, from Barnes and Noble. Yeah, I mean the Black Friday Barnes Barnes Noble sale for Criterion is always like really great. 
Oh, fantastic. You literally from thirty four, thirty nine ninety nine to nineteen ninety nine, you can't beat that during those sales. Absolutely. So yeah, uh, definitely check out uh, these two movies in the month and the monsters. Yeah, we can't begin to talk about it. we haven't seen it. Nobody's seen it. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm pulling from pulling from a boy. Pulling from a boy. <laughs> I have the, the 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 standards are set really, 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 really almost to the to the floor. Yeah, it's it's, it's hovering like just maybe like maybe an inch <laughs> over the floor. It's not. We don't have high hopes for this one, but hey, if we can have fun with this movie, I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's going to do it for, well, that's going to do for physical media. We're going to talk, talk about some movie news. Uh, first thing we got to talk about is uh, the Avatar re-release. Uh, Avatar re- on re-release, uh, this happened this past weekend, uh, has so far earned $30 million worldwide, which I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not. Only earned $10 million in the States. I mean, it's still good. I mean, for a re-release from a movie that's been out, what, 13 years? I, I mean, yeah, well, I don't know. I want to see it, but it's not around here because Regal was doing a thing where they, if you see that and the the second the second Avatar, you get, like, bonus credits on your – that's, that's kind of the only reason why I want to well, do funny, that. Well, funny thing about the re-release that I heard that, like, they cut out the sex scene. What, I mean, I'm just, it's just like, random. Yeah, it's just, it's just random, but it's just, it's just weird. Like, this movie has been, it's been, it's been out for, like – what, 12 and nobody years? said anything for 13 years. <laughs> no, oh yeah. no, we said things. We never called for a move. We, we said, but we said things. Well, no, I know, but it wasn't like like all of a sudden now we just have to take it out now. Like, I mean, that's kind. Well, it's kind of like you you, you. you ever watch 13 Reasons Why? 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. Uh, the, the first season I did. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, per- well perfect. Because like it's like the whole thing where like yeah. Netflix removed the uh, the, the, the scene suicide, of suicide. suicide, but only like years after the fact that it premiered, we all saw it. Which is crazy because, like, that was the whole point of it, I guess, leading up to that. Like, that's the whole reason why we're watching the first season, do you know? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I think that's kind of stupid for them to do that because it's kind of – it's important in itself to tell or send a message or like a – you know what I mean? It's more – I don't know. It's, it's more visual. It's more – I mean, I don't know. It's just more – yeah, I would keep this. I would keep that scene in as opposed to the Avatar one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't. I don't really see the. I don't know. I, I think it's kind of dumb. Well, but like, but here's what I'm. Here's, here's what I want to know real quick. I'm like, I, I got to look up this number because I do think that is semi-concerning for the sequel because and because we actually had a good example of this not too long ago. Uh, no Way Home actually did just do it. It's uh, a re-release. But they before. added stuff to it, though, didn't they? They did, but I think presumably this this new was was supposed to have a like they like stuff added to it. I'm trying to pull the numbers from it, minus the sex scene, but adding other things. In minus it. the sex scene. Yeah, okay. They, 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 okay. They, yeah. They they took they subtracted, but they also added. <laughs> so, that's All right. Well, kudos to them. Uh, let me see. I find the number because I, I know it came at number one. Uh, the weekend it came out. Oh, it was just a lackluster. I think it was a lackluster week. It was it was released perfectly. I mean, that's true. But uh, hold on. Ah, fuck. Why can't why can't why can't I, why, why can't my, my, why can't my things work? Hold on. Here we go. There we go. Uh, yeah. So uh, th- this uh, No Way Home earned thirty two million dollars opening weekend. That's not, that's roughly three times the amount the Avatar did. In and the that's, I mean, and that's pretty damn good. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive for. But again, and again, I'm going to say it. But it's also re-released the same year it came out. So I mean, yeah, I, I, I know time, but like I think, but I think, but isn't that kind of a problem though? Because like if you have you have Avatar, 
Doesn't that kind of say more though? Because you know, Avatar, you have like this long extended wait. You would think people would want to go. You would back think to the first people would want to go back, yeah. And especially, especially when you have a new sequel coming out, I feel like that says more about the Avatar box office too. The Avatar two box office. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I, I understand what you're saying. You're you're saying more as you would think more people would want to see it because it's been how long? Thirteen years yeah. removed. Not on top of it, maybe they're protesting the sex scene. Maybe, just maybe, kidding. Maybe that's the um, re- no. maybe that's the reason nobody showed up. They're like, you know what? Fuck this. No, this isn't the original. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, release the Cameron that. cuts. Hashtag release the Cameron yeah. cut. It's been out. Hey, you, you own the Cameron you cut. Start. You, you, yeah, you, you start that. You know what happens. It'll happen. It'll happen. Um, I mean, hey, it, it, it works now. It works. It does. You just hashtag it, and it'll happen. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That does that does seem lackluster, though, As you, if you put it like that. Uh, yeah. $10 million for that. But again, maybe people are just like, you know what? You're also doing this literally a couple months prior to you releasing the second one. You know what I mean? I think he just wants to get word of mouth out there. Uh, maybe just to, t- to stir up the buzz, maybe for the second one. I don't know. Yeah, I, potentially, it's just I, I just think I, I I would find concerning if I was the studio head. He uh, just wants to notch a couple more million dollars to the overall grossing of it to try to inch closer to uh, what yeah. Avengers. I think is it's still got the title. Avatar two took the title back. Or you mean the Avatar took the title back? The, the, the Avatar, I'm sorry. Yes. No. The first Avatar already took the title back from Avengers. From not from this re-release. No, not from this re-release. It, it it got back in the lead because when theaters were reopening in China, one of the big movies to come to open up back was Avatar, and China loves oh. Avatar. Wow, that's all you need. I mean, look at look at internationally how well Transformers does. But, like, you like, you see some of these like, properties it, like it, that. Oh, worldwide, it did it did thirty it did thirty million. So I feel like Avatar two will probably. I don't think it'll do extremely well in the states, but I do think overseas it'll probably make a killing. Transformers, basically yeah, like Transformers. Yeah, Transformers, basically. Uh, yeah. Another thing, I want to talk, want to talk about. Speaking of box office, uh, worldwide, it did outgrow. It did outgross. Uh, don't worry, darling. Uh, oh man, that's yeah. I haven't caught that yet. Uh, Wednesday is uh, the good date on that. I did catch it. Did you like it? No. <laughs> okay, and that's when I'm, I'm I'm really getting that vibe, and it's really getting me that eh, don't not want to watch it. Uh, yeah, this. This movie is a, 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 a shockingly abysmal. Really? Like, so I, Fred, ne- like I never wow. thought, like, this is, like, Russell, I'm not even kidding. This is one of the worst things I've seen this year. Wow. And that's, and that, and, and the, the, and the, and the, the fucking trailer again. This is another snowman. Get me all hyped up, man. Yeah. Uh, like, I think it was tracking for, like, a $19 million box office, but I think they're adjusting those figures because word wow. of, like, word of mouth was so bad and spread so fast. Like, I might have, I might have dropped a couple million. That but, was like the week uh, I remember the village opened, and then word of mouth crushed it. Like it went from like I think it opened domestically at like fifty million. I remember, and then I remember the week after, wham, it just went right down. Uh, but yeah, I completely I completely see why this uh, kind of just fell on its ass because yeah, it's not it's not very good. Well, I'm glad I went and saw After Ever Happy. <laughs> you saw what? <laughs> I went and saw After Ever Happy, that fourth one. Oh my I god! Was, I was t- I was telling you about yeah, I know. Is that what is that really what it's called? <laughs> I swear to God. Oh, my uh, God. I probably should even have said this now. I'm going to get roasted Oh. Here. I did it. Yep. Why? I, I, I saw the other three. Um, I remember seeing the first one on Netflix, and then I rewatched them. What's the, what's the uh, third one called? First one's called After. No, I, know, after. I, know, I, know it's, I know it's After, then it's like. After We Collided. After We Collided. What's, what, what's the third one called? I never knew that. 
Uh, the third one is after we fell. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Listen, Chance, I, I honestly, okay, I know it's cheesy. It's cheesy as hell. Um, they just have like, she's a, she's a very, I, I don't know. She's just, the, the main actress is very attractive. I, I don't know. I, it's cheesy as fuck. I, I know. I, I, think, I, think um, I think it's Kat Langford's sister. And I and I love I love being, the, being like, a thirty reasons why the, the 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 cheesy music in it I like I don't know I'm just I'm not I'm not proud to admit this stuff man I'm not oh <laughs> uh, you're, you're, you're 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 among friends buddy but yeah Jesus well, yeah wow. I mean but I did see the Woman King and love that so uh, I, I, well, Woman King try to make, try try to make up for it you know uh, yeah so uh, looking at some other thing looks uh, next piece you're talking about. Uh, we got some word about uh, something that I, I totally forgot was in the works. Uh, I guess they are making the nun too. <laughs> uh, okay. And uh, Storm Reed of uh, you know Wrinkle of Time and the, and the Suicide Squad fame uh, has been cast as the lead. Uh, which I mean, fine. I mean, I just you, you saw the nun, right? Yeah, it was not very good. Yeah, it was not. It was, it was like, it's, not, it's not a very good movie. <laughs> No, I'm like, why are, this is like Brom to the boy. <laughs> Brom the boy part two. <laughs> no, it was like Brom's the boys too. Yeah, oh my God, that movie, that movie, you talk about a fucking bad, there's been some bad horror movies, man. Uh, yeah, uh, which is, is this like the, it's like the next Conjuring movie? That, that's, let me see, what, what, else is the, what else is the Conjuring universe doing? I feel like we haven't seen a movie from them since, oh, we, no, we have three. La, La Llorona. Oh, La, La, La Llorona. La Llorona's really part of that now. It is. And it's so confusing when you get Insidious. It's like a hodgepodge. Like, I know Insidious isn't any part of it, but it's like, it, to me, it's like, it, it messes well, with your head. Might as fucking well be. It's like, it might as well be. It's like a hodgepodge. Movie I'm super excited about, though, Smile. Yeah, Smile looks really good. Uh, I, I, guess the, I guess The Nun is, is the next up, because you know, the, 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 nun part, the Nun 2 is currently set for release on uh, September 8th, 2023, and it looks like Tice Formigas is back in the second movie. I think I know why. What? It's because Amazon Prime has the Orphan Two, <laughs> or no, Amazon Prime. No, it's on P. P or, uh, Paramount. It's on Paramount. 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 Um, speaking of which, though, that that movie that that stars her, um, the the girl in that was the first movie I watched this year. The the novice I was telling you about, the one where she goes to college and she's part of the, she does the rowing. Oh yeah, you told you tell me about that one. And, and uh, it's a fantastic. She does fantastic. Uh, she's a really, really, really great actress. But uh, I, I don't know why. Again, kind of like what you said here. Like, why are we doing the orphan too? Like, where did that come from? We had all that time in between. That's like that's almost like an avatar. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it, it is. Although orphan, orphan two is not bad actually. Is it? Is I I haven't even seen it. Yeah, I did. I did. I did check it out. That's not, that's not, you, not that bad. Did you check out the uh, Naomi Watts one on Amazon Prime yet? No, wow, fuck, which one was that? That came, Don't Worry Mommy or something like that? Good Night Mommy? Good Night Mommy. Yeah. Is it out already? It's out on Amazon Prime. Oh, I, I thought of you because I was thinking, I'm like, fuck, we just like literally just did the trailer review for it not so long ago. That's fucking, yeah, wow, that's, that's interesting. Uh, I've I, yeah. I not seen that one yet, no. Again, it's it's the power of like, it's it's how, how quickly that shit gets lost when, when you, you know what I mean? You see it, then they don't, nobody advertises it. Yeah. Uh, the next piece you're talking about, uh, coming out of the Netflix, uh, Tadam. Uh, block of announcements. Uh, we got word that uh, Judge Reinhold, John Ashton, Paul Reiser, and Bronson Pinchot will all be reprising their roles for the latest installment in the Beverly Hills Cop franchise. Beverly Hills Cop Axel Foley. Oh, 
boy. Oh, oh my god. We're so fucking, oh man. We're so desperate for new material, dude. We need something original. But okay, we'll go with it. <laughs> and we, we, we got the we got the clone Tyrone, uh, and now we're getting this too. But yeah, uh, you know, we we got we got some uh, we got some new faces. We got uh, Jessica Gordon Levitz, and I forgot who the girl is because I know. Uh, but now, but now we're getting, <laughs> but now we're getting Balky, Balky's back. <laughs> so is Paul Reiser. So is Judge Reinholds. <laughs> We're gonna have like a perfect strangers reunion or like a, a spinoff or some shit, dude. I can't, I can't with this. I'm waiting for the perfect strangers revival. It's, I mean, it could happen. I mean, here we go. Uh, oh, but yeah, wow. no. So I, 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 take, I take it this does not, uh, you know, take all your fans. I mean, this. I, 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 I mean, when was the last? When Beverly Hills Cop Three come out? Uh, that's, that's been a while. Ninety something. It was in the nineties. Was it mid nineties or was it like later nineties? I feel like it was like ninety. Oh, I feel like it was like maybe early nineties then. Uh, let me see. Beverly Hills Cop Three. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop Three was released in nineteen ninety even. Wow, it's even earlier than I thought. Oh, I'm well, sorry, that's... no, ninety four, ninety four. Shit. I was gonna say ninety four. Okay, I was gonna say wow, even earlier. So you're looking at almost thirty years. I, I just can't, man. <laughs> Coming to America too, and then this. I just, I just, we have to stop. We have to stop this stuff. <laughs> I mean, for some reason, he just really wanted to. I also think it's funny <laughs> that they're just very clearly, like, you know, trying to. They're very clearly trying to, you know, capitalize off the success. Not the success, but like, actually, yeah, the success of uh, Top Gun Maverick. We're just going to name it, you know, movie followed by character name. Don't you worry. Sherman Clump. <laughs> <laughs> Sherman Clump, a nutty professor. Nutty professor Sherman Clump. <laughs> Metro 2. <laughs> I don't know that guy's name. <laughs> I don't know this guy. Showtime part two. It's showtime again. 48 hours. Reggie Hammond. <laughs> Norbit two. More Norbit. <laughs> oh, man. Well, no. just, no, just, just, you just do Norbit Norbit in that case. Yeah, Norbit squared. Norbit squared. Uh, fuck. He has a lot of bad pro- Pluto Nash two. Pluto Nash more, here. More, more Pluto. More Pluto. More Pluto. Two Pluto, two Nash. Two, there you have it. <laughs> Pluto to Nash. Uh, 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 yeah, he has a lot of shit. Man, he got a lot of that stuff he can fucking spin around. Well, speaking of things that crawled, uh, that are just crawled out of the past, despite the fact maybe should have been left there, uh, we got an announcement of a, a movie called Your Place or Mine coming to Netflix next February. I uh, can't wait. Uh, this is going to be a rom-com starring Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Oh, in 2023. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, so yeah, it's about a man who looks after her, after the son of his best friend while she pursues a lifelong dream. Uh, yeah. I just. I never thought we'd see a movie like this in the in the year of our Lord 2023. <laughs> Although, no, like, Ash, is, Ash is like, kind of yeah. kind of making a big comeback to me, and I think streaming is like a, a good place for him to try and like reestablish himself as an actor because you saw Vengeance. Was, was he good in Vengeance? Yeah, I thought he was really good in Vengeance. I've always liked Ashton as, as an actor. I really have. Um, obviously, great comedic, uh, funny, talented. Again, I love the Butterfly Effect. Very underrated film. I've said this numerous times. I'm just a fan of it. Um, I just thought the rom com in twenty. I don't, man. I, I mean, I, I love cheesy rom coms, so I'll be there. I don't know why I, I mean, say it now. I, I'm surprised it wasn't the Universal on the same slate as like you know, Marry Me and uh, Take It to Paradise. Did you see the trailer for that one? 
Dude, Mary May, I am compl- or no, Mary May, I enjoyed. Take the Paradise is with George Clooney and uh, Roberts. R- Robert. I think it looks. I look, think it looks hilarious. I, I know it looks. It looks cheesy. Uh, I, I'm on board though. I, I like that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. And Mary May was cute. Um, Owen Wilson and J Lo would never work out ever, but um, I, I enjoyed it nonetheless. Yeah, and uh, last thing we're gonna be like that, that release is uh, February tenth, twenty twenty three. Uh, last thing we're gonna be talking about is uh, Steve McQueen is already uh, getting prepped for his latest film, Blitz. This is going to be a World War Two uh, era film about. Let me see. Uh, let me just try to pull the premise here. Here we go. Uh, it's gonna be a, uh, the stories of Londoners during uh, World War Two's Blitz, uh, and uh, it's got a star already. Uh, is going to be starring one Miss Saoirse Ronan in the lead. Uh, it'll be released for Apple TV Plus sometime in the future. So, I mean, personally for me, I'm, I'm excited for this because this is one of my favorite working directors and uh, one of my favorite working actresses. I think that this is a stellar combination. I'm excited to see what they put together. I'm, I'm excited for anything Steve McQueen, anything he does. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited for this. Uh, Russell, what, what, do you, what do you think about uh, Saoirse Ronan and Steve McQueen working on this film? I dig it. Uh, I love you know Steve McQueen. I love Shame. One of my favorites of the year came out. Um, and then you get Saoirse Ronan, probably like how you said, probably one of the better younger actresses out there. You know, working. I mean, her body of work is just so. It's all over. I mean, she's so versatile as an actress. But uh, yeah, completely on board with this. Uh, and yeah, that's going to do it for the news. Which means we now move on to our movie of the week, Sunset Boulevard. So. Yes. Well, we talked about a double indemnity. How this, how that movie is kind of like the genesis of the film noir genre, and also the film that kind of really put Billy Wilder on the map in terms of Hollywood. Like that was just he exploded after that film. Uh, so yeah, after that he would go on to do oh, a couple more movies. He would do The Lost Weekend, Death Mills, Emperor, The Emperor Waltz, uh, Foreign Affair. Which uh, I mean, Lost Weekend and Foreign Affair. We're not we're not gonna talk about those, but those are definitely ones I would recommend checking out. Uh, however, this one is this one hit. This came at the turn of the decade, at the at the start of the fifties, and this is one that is regarded as one of again one one of one of his best. Uh, which is weird because like when it came out initially, uh, it wasn't like it was. Well, excuse me, let me rephrase this. It was well received, but also it's kind of interesting to think about just like what it was like to watch at the time because when this is actually very similar to another movie that came out around a very similar time which we'll get we'll get into later but a thing that Wilder tended to do in a lot of his movies that he had a lot of like topical pop culture stuff going on in his films and it shows here yeah. uh, so like they'll reference things or have people where you're just like who is that but like at the time like the people went crazy and we'll get we'll get into all that in a second but uh, we'll get into all that as it comes up, but yeah, uh, let's talk about it. this. Is Sunset Boulevard? So, uh, yeah, this is this is another film noir, and this is un- sort of like uh, Double Indemnity. We do, yeah, uh, we do get the story through a le- sort of like a sort of like a lens. You know, we have this like you know kind of th- this not through line, but like we have like this like bookend of a story. So we open up this guy. This guy is in a pool, and he's dead. And he's just like, yep, uh, that's you know, just, 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 some, just some writer didn't, didn't really do much with his career. But we're going to tell you exactly how he got here. And that's when we meet our main character, Joe Gillis, played by William Holden, a guy who was a phenomenal actor in his time. 
Yeah. And a lot of his best work did come in Wilder in Wilder films. They actually worked with him a lot throughout his career. Uh, Sunset Boulevard, Sabrina, uh, uh, Stalag 17, which is a movie that we're not, we're not gonna get to touch on, but he uh, is in that. Actually, won his his only acting Oscar for his work in Stalag 17, which and he's he's phenomenal in it. I would recommend checking out Stalag 17 as well. Uh, but yeah, in this film, he's uh, he's he's a he's a writer, uh, but he's really down with luck. He can't find work, and his car is about to be repossessed. Yeah, he's just not having a good go of things, man. Yeah, he's just. But like, I think that this kind of it sort of exemplifies the the type of character we would see in Wilder films, where it's sort of like that you know kind of cynic, cynic sort of cynical, but also like a guy you can kind of empathize with. Like he's just, he's just a guy who just he wants his career to work because it's a thing that like he's always wanted to do. Yeah, and and I do like how it looks like we meet both of these characters not in the same stage of their life, but both at the down you know what I mean downward spiral of like their careers. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think him, that's kind of cool. Him and uh, the other one, which we'll get which we'll get yeah. into later. Uh, but yeah, he goes to the, he goes to the studio head. Uh, he has a pitch for a movie, but like the the reader that he uh, we also meet the reader. Uh, Betty Schaefer, played by Nancy Olsen. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like, oh yeah, I wrote a script. I didn't, I didn't like it. And so the movie, doesn't, the movie doesn't go forward. And so, yeah, he's fucked. And then worst part is he lied about not having the car that people come back to repossess because he's behind on payments. Uh, but then they're driving down the street and they see him. Yeah. So we get, we get a, bit of, a bit of an action sequence here. Uh, a bit of a little, a little car chase. So he, pu- he pulls into this driveway of what looks like an abandoned house, and he parks there to try and hide the car for a little bit. Turns out this, car, this house is not abandoned. And it ain't a house, it's a mansion. Yeah, this ain't a house. This is, this is, a, this is a whole <laughs> damn estate. Uh, we, yeah, we meet the, in, what looks like the space of the soul inhabitant of this mansion, uh, Norma Desmond, played by Gloria Swanson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Norma Desmond is a former silent movie star uh, who is basically trying to rejuvenate her comeback in this film. Yeah. And yeah, Gloria, something that, that Wilder did, I think, immensely well in his career is like he had like a really great grasp of female characters, especially yeah. in this era. No, I agree. But I also think that with this film, with this, with this film, Wilder is touching on a subject matter in Hollywood, which it's still pretty relevant today where it's just like, you know, one day, like, especially, and this is especially hard for female, act- for female actresses. Yeah. Uh, you can be the biggest star in the world. You can be on top of the world. You can just be like absolute money as an actress. Yeah. But then there will come a time when you are just nothing. Yeah. I mean, it, it does happen a lot. Um, the first thing I thought about just because like you think a lot of start, like, um, young uh, children actors coming up. Look at Macaulay Culkin, a case yeah. in point. Huge, 1990, 92. And then you have a couple of like, shitty movies like The Good Son and Getting Even With Dad, and then boom, gone. Or, and My Girl, that whole little stretch of the early 90s, then gone, you know what I mean? So you're, you're, um, your light only shines so, so, so long, you know what I mean? It can be taken from you so quickly, just like in, like in sports too. But I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's definitely a, um, um, you know, I can give you say the same thing about uh, uh, Judy Garland too. Yeah, it's true. But, yeah, but like I think, but Swanson in this film just feels so authentic. And I think the reason is because Swanson actually was a real life silent film star. Yeah, so she obviously was portraying basically her her uh, herself. 
a heightened version of herself. But all like yeah. it, it feels off, like, I feel like that was just a, a bit of casting that just I think it adds to the ethos of the character. It ma- it makes it makes it more believable. It makes it like oh yeah I know like this is it, it makes it makes her feel more authentic. No, I agree. Yeah, for sure. It absolutely does. Uh, so yeah, so she, we find out that she is. We, fi- we find out that you know she's trying to write a move, write a movie for her big comeback. You know, she writes this, this big, fantastic, but this big script that she loves, she, and she wants Joe to look over it because she is because you know he's a writer and you know he he knows he knows he knows the stuff. Yeah. Uh, so he starts to look over it. It gets it gets late. And he's like, okay, you know what? Why, why, don't, why don't you just, why don't you just stay here for the night? I mean, like, we can get your car, we can get your car fixed. You're, you're gonna, you're gonna be good. Yeah, you can be all right. We'll go put you up. Yeah. Uh, but this is, and things just start to go kind of a little, you know, haywire from here. Well, first of all, like, he wakes up and like all his stuff is here. Yeah, like all of a sudden, like they overnighted all of his stuff and they knew exactly where his stuff was at. It's like really like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, uh, the uh, butler Max, who is like the only person in this world who like who was like truly loyal to, to to Norma. We also find out later on why, though. We find out why, and the, and the reason why is just kind of insane. Um, but yeah, like she is basically just kind of just like trying to just keep just keep him here, work, and he's like, hey, you know what? I'm I'm getting paid. I got lodging. I'll do this. I'll I'll do I'll do this for the money. But I think she also does this too for company because she's lonely there. She I mean, is. I think she, I think she has another motive too with that as well, though. But yeah, and this, yeah, but you know, we see that you know, the relationship start to grow, and you know, Norma's trying to play this as more, a little more personal than Joe would like. Yeah. Uh, we also, and this is this, this next scene is a like, per- perfect example of what I'm talking about, like where how uh, Wilder's film were very topical while being very timeless. You see where he cut to a bridge game. Between uh, Norma and some of her friends, but like all, literally all her friends are like classic, uh, classic silent film stars, including yeah. Buster Keaton, <laughs> like arguably one of the greatest silent film stars of all time. Yeah, I mean, again, this was just kind of uh, something that we didn't see, yeah, but it, it kind of reminds me of, and I, it's, I'm not even going to put it in the same page as, but it kind of reminds me of Cannonball Run with all the cameos of the people of of you know prominence during that that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just, just a who's who, like a hodgepodge of who's who, you know. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so as it as it goes on, Joe is continuing to try and you know try and work, but no, but Norma, it's weird. Norma's kind of just fashioned like this like fantasy world for herself. She has this like big extravagant mansion. She has her own movie theater. She apparently has a lot of money. Yeah, I, she's really, really, uh, really rich. Yeah, she 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 is loaded. And you know, if, like for a second, like she kind of loses, like for a second, she kind of loses her ambition. She kind of just wants, she just wants Joe. Yeah, I guess you know, because yeah. she never, she doesn't really have anybody that like loves her like that anymore. And so she throws out, I mean, her 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 money to kind of like almost as a way that she knows that he's kind of down and out in his luck and doesn't have the money. I mean, the guy only needed like a couple hundred dollars to get his car, like to pay for his car payment or whatever. Um, but she kind of uses the money as kind of like a. Uh, Almost like bait to kind of reel him in to keep him close, you know. Yeah, but you know, come to a New Year's party, he's like, you know what? No, Norma, like we can't, we can't be like this. And he's like, you know what? I gotta get the hell out of here. <laughs> so we're, we're getting, yeah, we're getting like uh, shades of uh, Kat, or Kathy Bates and Wilkes and misery. Misery. <laughs> just stick around. Why can't you stay? <laughs> just, you know, just, 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 just minus the hobbling. Minus the hobbling, yes. 
Uh, so he, goes, he, he uh, hitchhikes to this New Year's Eve party hosted by one of his friends, who just so happens to be the fiancé of the script reader he met at, at Paramount that one time. What are the odds of this? I, I just I can't. I, I don't even know the <laughs> odds of this. It's just extraordinary. But I will say, uh, Joe, uh, Joe and Betty actually do have... So they start talking. So he, she reads one, one of his scripts, and she's like, there was a kernel of like a really great idea. I'd like to develop that with you. Yeah. And he sees this as a great opportunity because like, he's like, you know what? This is my way out of here. Uh, he, yeah, he, he knows that he's with crazy, and he needs to kind of get out. And on top of it, though, further his career and, and finally land you know, the next gig for him, you know? Yeah, so just like, okay, great. Well, like, we, we can do this. But also, you, you do feel like this sort of romance starting to grow between the two of them, despite the yes. fact that you know, like, she is engaged to somebody else. But she, but you th- but you do understand that her and him have a really good relationship and have a good chemistry and I think that her character just married like I don't know if she's like fully I don't know like she likes the idea of marriage but I don't know if she really realizes that you know what I mean the uh, the reasons why she got married I guess I should say I don't know yeah well anyway he's, he's about to he's about to leave he's about to get to crash here because his, his friend's place is like okay look just give me, give me my, I just need some word that's not here. Uh, so he calls he calls Max to unpack his thing, but Max is just like uh, he, he says like uh, yeah Norma tried to kill herself. And oh boy, just when they just when they think I'm out of the game, they pull me back in. <laughs> they pull I'm out. They, she pulls me back in. Can I just say that this is the um, this was a silent screen director that uh, Eric von Stroheim. He's the one that plays uh, Max the butler. The butler. Yeah. This was his last film. Was it really? Or no? Or no wait. Of the severity, okay. It says silent star, devoted butler in his last film. Wow. Was severely edited masterpiece, or or was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, okay. I think it was his last one, from what I read on this. That's kind of wild. I mean, yeah, like he's someone who I, th- I think he's like the perfect embodiment of a supporting actor. Like he doesn't overshadow anybody, but when he needs to deliver in, in a performance or in a particular scene, he does. Kind of like, great. yeah, kind of like, kind of like the butler and Ar- Arthur. I would kind of maybe throw him. Yeah, in there like yeah, John, yeah, John Gilgood and, Ar- and Arthur. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a really great approximation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Joe goes back. Joe ends up going back to the mansion just to make sure that Norma's all right. And yeah, I mean, this is kind of the eve. This, I mean, it's not. I don't know if it's intentionally evil or not because you know that Norma's emotion manipulating. On one of you feel like she's emotionally manipulating Joe, but on the other, you're just like, I could see her doing this. It's either or. That you never know either way, though. That's the thing. Like, um, she could easily do it because of the fact that everything she has or thinks she has, she doesn't have anymore. Look at her career. Look at her love life. Look at even Joe. Like this, this person she just met and who she thinks she has feelings for leaves her. She doesn't have anything. You know what I mean? What, what's the point of living? Yeah. Also, same story though. I mean, what, like, what better way to yeah, bring somebody back in? The, yeah. The question is, is she doing this just to get Joe back or does she like actually believe, uh, does she actually believe what she's saying? I don't know, man. I, I really do think it's legit. I, I don't know. To me, I just, just, if you look at the whole entire, it, 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 it's, it's a weird way to interpret it, especially like towards like the end of the film. We're just like, is she sinister? Is she sad? Like we, we, it, it's it's really up to you. I, and I think that's a fascinating. Yeah. I think it's a fascinating conversation now. To me, I think it's kind of like as part of her sinister nature. Okay. Yeah, to, just to kind of bring her back and yeah. bring him back in. I mean, to me though, like, and that's the greatest thing that, about this. Like, you can have that conversation either way, and you have evidence supporting both, both ways. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, he goes back with two of them that do end up getting together. Uh, and Joe basically disappears from Hollywood. 
just because yeah. you know he's got everything. He's got everything. He's, he's essentially a trophy husband. And dude, and that's the thing that you like sit there and like secretly kind of envy him because you're like, dude, you have everything you want. Yeah. Like you, you do. You don't even need your career. You have somebody who's going to support you. I mean, just ride it out. Who cares? Well, and that's the thing. Like you know, like Betty's trying to get a hold of Joe to like work on this script, but you know, every time he calls, every time she calls the mansion, Max is just like he's not here. He can't talk. He's busy. Uh, stop! Stop calling here. <laughs> but almost it's like Max is really trying to keep him there, though, because he doesn't want. He doesn't want. He wants to keep Joe there, like keep him captive there. Do you know? Uh, yeah, so they end. So yeah, uh, they end up going out one night. They go into uh, you know they, they stop they stop for cigarettes and who else is here <laughs> but Artie and Artie and Betty and Betty is like what's, what's happening? I've been trying to call you and like Joe's basically like kind of giving up his ambition. Just like you know what you 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 you, you take you take the idea. You can ride it. It's fine. We're good. Whatever. Yeah, the pharmacy is a very popular place to hang out. So I mean, in the fifties, it was. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's that's like a, might as well be like a like a bar. It's just well, it had, had everything. Well, yeah, I mean, they had, they had like, like old. I've always been like one of those old school like drugstore that had like the soda fountain. Yeah, they had like <laughs> everything there. Yeah. Yeah. But we also see that you know this whole thing's kind of eat kind of eating at uh, Joe because you know like he as much as he's content with his life right now. Part of him does want that something more, and Norma knows that. So she's constantly yeah. trying to like keep him from discovering the fact that he's kind of miserable. Yeah, basically keep him down, almost like a, a sinister way. The two you could look at it, but she's always like almost like, like, like yeah. put on these like elaborate shows for him. Yeah, it's like oh my, like you can see that as creepy too, though. You know, like it's. He works. Wilder works both sides of it pretty well, though. Like you, you, you think you know you, you see Norma be like kind of creepy with this, but then you kind of get like, you know, like notice me. This is your entertainment. You know, like I'm your entertainment or whatever as well too. Like, you know, like yeah, it's, this it's, is it's, cool it's, to it's live like, here. It's with like me, one part know? endearing, one part sort of sinister because yeah, this is, it, it is yeah. like very strange. Like it's, like it's just such a, like a, such a ploy to like try and keep him here. Well, anyway, the, the time has come. The script is finished, and she's uh, she's going to talk to her former director. Uh, Cecil B. DeMille. Uh, she 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 had it sent, she had the script sent to him, and now she's going to she started getting called from Paramount, uh, but refuses to speak to anyone except DeMille. So what she does is she drives down to the studio lot, in order which to, is really cool seeing the Paramount. Yeah, yeah. it's great seeing the Paramount lot just because you know, it's literally great like peek behind the curtain of you know make the making of a movie. Yeah. Coolest thing about this one is they actually did get the real Cecil B. DeMille to play himself in this, which film. is cool too because it's authentic. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I I think it's an I think it's a much a much more inspired choice rather than just having an act an actor try and play him. And he's like, you know what? You, yeah. know, you want to just be in this movie real quick? It's like, you know what? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, why not? And it, it must be like very odd directing a director, but you know, Wilder makes it look effortless. Yeah, he does, and I mean, it just it looks perfect. Yeah, it does. Uh, but uh, he's he's there. He, he he finds out that she's there, and just like, oh crap, this must be about that script. And then it turns out the script is kind of awful yeah and that's the reason why he oh well that's the reason why nobody has really reached out to her but but they yeah that's the whole reason why the, the script sucked yeah so but you know he he, wel- he welcomes her in you know gives her like an IC, you know like we'll sit down let's let's let let let, 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 let let's talk about this but I'm, I'm working right now but you can just sit you can just sit down and you know check everything out <clears throat> but i do think that the reaction to her on set is actually quite fascinating because you know we're fine, we're told that she's someone who was like a pillar of this studio, 
So, but then when she steps on, like, people notice. People like are just like, oh my god, Norma Desmond, Norma Desmond, oh my god, it's, not, it's, so, it's so good to see you here. Well, you feel it now. You yeah. feel you feel the the of the the popularity, the the love that she, that they once had over her. You know what I mean? The, just her notoriety. You know? Yeah. It's just, it, but like it's it, this is kind of the reason why Norma still feels that she is like a big star, even though nobody on this set would work with her. Especially because we find out like later, towards the later the later half of her career, she became very difficult to work with. Yeah. But then and there, though, she's living like it, it, it's almost like she's like like backing it up to to uh, be like, yeah, you know, the, I, I was the shit. You know, I yeah. still am the shit, you know. Right. You know. Uh, but while well, yeah, uh, it turns out the whole reason that she's being called is that they uh, they wanted the, the, the lot wanted to rent her car for a movie that they're doing <sighs> had yeah. nothing to do with her script. God, that's gotta be bad, man. And it's funny that Joe knows that too. Like he, he obviously he knows about it. he had heard about it. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they they find this out, and they don't really they don't they don't tell Norma because they know this will like was like shatter her world. Yeah, but this is also where Joe has a little bit of ammo for yeah. you know. Well, she had he on. has some ammo, but also like at, while he's at the lot, he goes to meet Betty, and he's like, you know, I I really need your help on the trip, and you know, this is kind of where. Where the fire gets like relit back in him, where yeah. he's like, you know what, I'm 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 a little sick of being chubby husband. You know, I I'll 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 come back. I'll we'll work we'll work on this. So after that, Norma is prepping for her prepping for her big comeback, which is not coming. Yeah. Undergoing like these like rigorous beauty treatments, like literally anything and everything under the sun. <laughs> Meanwhile, Joe is sneaking off to work nights at Betty's office, working on an original screenplay. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, so yeah, uh, he he's, he's sneaking off while Norma's prepping to do her thing, but Max finds Max finds out, uh, and you know he's just like you, you can't you can't do this. Yeah, you got you got to stick with Norma. Yeah, you got to stick with Norma, especially because he knows that he can see that uh, you know Joe and Betty are starting to you know they're starting to fall in love. Yep. And we find out the, and this is where we, we kind of find out like why he was so little. Not only was Max, did Max used to be a silent film director of his own right, he was also Norma's first husband. Which is, which is like, holy shit, he's still with her. He's a butler. I'm like, what? This is, it's, it's so crazy when you find that out though. You're like, what? Yeah, and after she divorced him, he abandoned his career to be her servant. That's how, that's how big an effect she had on this dude. And it's it's crazy. I mean, it's you know, wow. Yeah, but like it's just it's yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of wild. I feel like she's trying to kind of do that again. She wants someone that devoted to her all over again. Yeah, and I think she isn't used to being turned down. Also, with it, you know what I mean. I don't think she's used to that either. You know, I think that whole you know the cat mouse game. You know, I think she's used to getting what she wants because of her notoriety, because of the money, because of who she was back then. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, well, yeah, but anyways, uh, one night Norma discovers the manuscript that uh, Joe and Betty have been working on. And so as a result, she decides to call Betty about it and kind of insinuate that Joe is not, like, Joe is not the guy you, that you think he is. Basically trying to sprinkle sal- uh, seeds of deceit, yeah. uh, like pretty much badmouth them. Basically, yeah. Uh, but Joe overhears, and he like, you know what? Hey, why don't you just come? Why don't you just come down, and you can see everything for yourself. Yeah. Uh, so she does, and you know, she gets there, and he's just like, yeah, 
I live here and I am perfectly happy doing it. Uh, <laughs> like I'm fine abandoning, I'm fine abandoning my career. I'm fine doing anything. Like I have everything I ever need. Why would, why would I ever want to work on a script with you? Like, why would I ever work on something that would that most of the time is in vain? Yeah. But like the thing is, like you know, you know he's lying. Yeah, but he's again trying to show, save face, I guess, or show loyalty, or I don't know. Well, he, he's 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 trying. He's he's realizing just how badly he's he's kind of screwed up. He's kind of screwed up here. Yeah, because he's in. Yeah, he's in a lose lose situation, kind of too. Yeah, he he he's 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 in over his head. He wants to be out, and now like he can't. He knows he's gonna break Betty's heart, so he decides to you know like just lie about it, let her go, do it, do her own thing. Meanwhile, he's packing up. He's going to go back to Ohio to go to go get his old job back. He's, he's giving up being a writer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so he so he's just like, you know what? I I can't do this anymore. And that's just where this is the scene where he kind of just tells Norma the truth. He's just like, there's no comeback. Uh, like she like the fan mail she gets is all fake. Uh, written by Max or written, yeah, shit written, written by Max. Yeah. And that she's basically been forgotten. And like Norma's, and like this is a thing. This is where I think like Norma's kind of more sinister than she initially lets on. Like, yeah, she is sad, but she kind of uses that to her emotional advantage. Where like she'll like, she's like, she kind of she started to kill herself again. Yeah. Well, that's also where he he goes. You know, the the comeback wasn't a comeback. They were calling you to use your car. Yeah. Like he, he even like he shoves it completely in her face. Like, look, you're not. Like it's it's done. You're there's no comeback. Yeah, and like he, she's like you think you think like. Like I'm just like she pulls that again. She's like I'm really gonna do it. She's like yeah, you know what? Sure, go ahead. And he's walking out, and then Normal walks out the house, and she just shoots him. Yeah, shoots him, and then yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. So the flat, yeah. So Joe is so Joe is the one who was narrating the whole story, and was basically the story of how, of how he died. Probably one of the first movies to do the whole the narrator was dead the whole time trope. Uh, can we just say that that final scene of Rebel Without a Cause was filmed in that same uh, pool? Was it really? Yeah, it? I, I sent you the the thing. Um, the mansion actually belonged to J. Paul Getty, which was the no the kidding. movie. Um, uh, All the money in the world. Uh, All the money in the world. Yeah, that that was actually him. But yeah, the mansion actually formerly belonged to him. Um, was an uh, and it said today a Getty Oil office building stands on the site. Five years later, the same pool on the grounds of the deserted Getty Mansion was used for one of the final scenes in Rebel Without a Cause in 1955. That's kind of what I, I thought I recognized that pool from somewhere. I just thought it was kind of cool. That, you know, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about Rebel Without a Cause somewhere down the road, but I just thought it was kind of cool merging classics together like that, you know? Yeah. Well, but anyway, so we, we cut back to the present day. Joe's fished out of the pool. The, the cops are there all questioning Norma Desmond. But this is the part where this is, I think, the, the best acting Swanson does in the entire film. Yeah. It's a scene where they're trying to talk to her, but she's just so lost in her own world. Like you feel like, you kind of feel like her mind is just kind of just like broken on itself. You know, like she, like, she, like yeah. no matter yeah. what is happening in reality, she sees her life as one way, and that's kind of what she's been doing this whole movie. But the whole the difference is, up until this point, it was contained to the walls of this mansion, but now she sees everything. Like she thinks she's prepping for her big comeback. She's She's, you know, she's putting on makeup. She's putting on her nice dress. She sees the news camera. She thinks that they're, that they're film cameras. Even Max is just like, uh, Max is just like, you know, he's playing director. He's like action. He's shoot. They're, they're shooting her coming down the stairs. And we get that iconic line. I want you to talk about how happy yeah. she should be make, making a film again. We get the iconic line. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. And then we get like yeah. this one, this one, you know, like pan in 
to her face and then the movie just like a haunting glare yeah it's like yeah. incredibly haunting glare and the movie just ends like that and that's where yeah, yeah that, and that was Comple- sunset completely crazy so yeah, uh, this movie came. Yeah, this movie was uh, praised by a lot of critics. We came out, uh, especially this was one of like the first movies about kind of old Hollywood. Even like during this period, of the movie about old Hollywood. Uh, this is came out at the same time as uh, All About Eve and Singing in the Rain, which were also two other films about you know filmmaking and the transition from silent films to talkies. Uh, it was nominated for eleven Oscars, including. All four, Best Picture, Best Director, all four acting categories. And this did win Billy Wilder his first Academy Award for Best Screenplay. Yeah. Uh, so, Russell, uh, I'm assuming this is your first time watching this, yeah? Second. Actually, oh, second, it's right. funny. Um, <clears throat> uh, when I went to college, uh, I took an intro to motion, the history of motion pictures, and we watched this. Um, again, I, I mean, I still was a, a movie nerd, but not as – I mean – I would say it was just one of the ones that, you know, oh, it was just a, you know, watch movies, you know, and then it was like, this was one of the movies we were watching in class, and I remember that. Um, so, yeah, this was the second time, but it had been probably like 20 years removed from watching it again, so it was nice to uh, to revisit. Okay, and, uh, yeah, what, so, like, revisiting this, because it's been a while since I've seen it, too. Uh, what, did you, what did you think? Final thoughts on Sunset Boulevard? I mean, it's a classic. I mean, as of the time of this recording, IMDb has it as number 59 in the top 250. I, I do like uh, Indemnity more. Um, I still like this film, too. This is still a solid film. Um, the acting is fantastic. Obviously, you know, with William Holden as Joe, uh, Gloria Swanson as Norma Desmond's perfect. Uh, just everything about the film, the storytelling, again, kind of doing what it did at the beginning of Double Indemnity, but not so much. It's, 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 it's taking you back six months prior or five months prior to and telling you the story, uh, the setup for everything that's happening. Um, just, just just really, really just uh, a really good noir uh, film. Wilder just really, again, just showcases why he was such a uh, great director. I mean, just what he gets out of his, his, his characters, uh, everything about it, really. Just, just it all flows. Yeah, and uh, speaking of like lists, uh, this is a film that originally ranked on. Uh, this this was originally ranked number twelve on the AFI Top One Hundred Movies. Uh, in the tenth anniversary re uh, redo of the list, it uh, fell down four spots to sixteen, but still in the top twenty, and well deserved. I think this, I think this film is excellent. It's uh, actually a big toss. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about you know our rankings of, of the Wilder films we've seen this year when we get to our last episode of, yeah. of, uh, of the month, but. Uh, yeah, I think that this film, I think this film is fucking stellar. I, yeah, uh, I mean, yep. the acting across the board is fantastic. Uh, every, everyone is giving, is giving it their all. The, right, from the writing standpoint is just so profound. And, like, the fact that the, the themes portrayed in this film are still, like, so incredibly relevant to Hollywood today, I think it's just, I think it's just incredibly telling. Uh, well, not just telling, but, like, it, it shows that Wilder has a human understanding of how the system works and how it continues to work. And that's, I think that's a big reason why this movie is still so relevant is that you do, you do, you do feel it because you know the actresses go, actresses go through this where like, you know, when their time is up, it's up and it's hard to, it's hard to get back from that. It's like that everywhere. Yeah. And, and, and there's no wasted time in this film. Every minute counts in the film. Yeah, there's no, no like, wa- wasted scene where you could say, oh, well, we could throw that away. Everything like it flows. Yeah. It I, just... I, I can't imagine cutting a single scene in this film. It's paced perfectly. The writing, the dialogue are fantastic. It's shot incredibly well. I feel, I, I feel like I, give, I, could, I kind of give this the edge because I think the cinematography of the film is so great. I'll look at the underwater scene. The underwater. Yeah. To, to, shoot, to shoot that. Yeah. To see yeah. That. That, was, that yeah. was a really great scene. 
Beautiful. That was a really great, uh, uh, really great shot right there. But yeah, I think this film is. I think this film is. I thought this film was incredible. I think it's still incredible. And yeah, this is going to. This is going, this is a classic for a reason. And yeah, that's gonna do it for this episode of Notorious by Chance. Uh, Russell, I'm gonna plug before we head out. Yeah, you guys can find us Facebook, YouTube, Facebook uh, Notorious by Chance, the Facebook group. Go ahead and join that. That's where we put the polls up for you guys to vote. Also, uh, YouTube Notorious by Chance. I find my Twitter Instagram at Chance Wars underscore ninety one. Check out the PJ Camel Network where I do uh, lots of content. We do the PJ Camel Show. Last episode we did uh, top twelve Stephen King adaptations. Uh, this coming week we are doing uh, top twelve family horror films. So that's going to be uh, gonna be a fun list. Uh, you can find that uh, PJ Campbell Network on YouTube. If you're an audio person, we do have an audio as well. And uh, also on the PJ Campbell Network, check out my show, Left Side, Strong Side, where we, me and my co-host Mike D can come in and we talk, break down all the action of the football season every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.